Hello, Badassers, and welcome to the Badasser Business Show, the show where we help you with your inner game and your outer game, teaching you how to own your inner badass and sharing strategies with you to badass your business, or in other words, get badassified. I love that word. It just, ah, I just love it. So I'm Annette Piper, the Badass Business Chick, and your host for the Badass in Business Show, and I know that's a lot of badassery going on there. But that's what we're all about. And I'm totally stoked today because we have Jim Padilla on the show today. As founder of Gain the Edge, Jim is known in the personal development and business coaching world as the go-to guy for all things sales. He is a master collaborator whose purpose is to help entrepreneurs leverage the power of collaboration to scale their business so they can impact the world in the way they intended. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Annette. Thanks for having me here. I absolutely love the badass brand. That's something that we talk about a ton. We got to, we talk about owning your badassery. That's, that's the phrase we use around here. Well, good, good. I, I love it too. And it really fits my personality. So it was uh, a nice shift uh, to go in my business, even though sure. I, I was doing soul power and I still teach a lot of soul power stuff that's all part of owning your inner badass. But I don't know, I just like being a badass, that's all. <laughs> awesome. So Jim, tell us a little bit more about your life, your business, what you're passionate about, and kind of what motivated you and inspired you to get into business and start your own business. Well, it's... Um... It, it really started for me, uh, it, it's important to go back to the childhood just to, to give some good frame here, but essentially my, my parents had me when they were teenagers and they met in an orphanage. So they had no parental guidance uh, and had me when they were very young. My dad took off immediately and my mom kind of freaked out. She reacted to a very tough situation and responded with primarily rage and anger. And so I got the brunt of that. I got abused with everything under the sun, you know, baseball bats, broomsticks, plates over the head and everything else. So as a kid, as you can imagine, trying to figure out how to stop that is a challenge. You're thinking you did something wrong. My, my whole thought was my mom felt threatened by me. So she needed to attack me. That was how I kind of perceived it. So I was trying to, I spent my, my every waking moment of my days trying to figure out how to not make her feel threatened. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, it wasn't, it turned out it wasn't really a me thing. It was more of a, something she had to work through. So I ended up in foster care at 13 on the streets at 16 and in jail at 19. And I literally spent the first 20 plus years of my life trying to spend all of my time figuring out how to bend the will of the people around me towards my favor. And it was primarily for one reason, so that I could stay alive. That was how I controlled my life. And Little did I know that, you know, 25 years later, I'd be making millions of dollars teaching other people how to influence their environment so that others around them would feel not threatened and to trust them enough to want to buy from them. And then it's something that our team has massively absorbed and, and mastered so that now people hire our sales team to do their sales for their launches, for their live events, and for their high ticket sales. So it's just been an, an amazing journey that I never would have been able to get to, of course, if I didn't endure everything I did as a child. And I love that. I love that you're able to step it back. I know um, early on in my very earliest podcast, I talk about my experience of being a drug dealer in high school and, you know, my first entrepreneurial experience and, you know, having, having what people want. 
uh, and just the whole marketing and stuff behind that. So I love when we're able to take those stories and show people that, you know, you could take that, that past that may not look so good, but you can really turn it and turn it into such an asset uh, right. for you and for other people as well. I love that. I never would have guessed that about you. Yeah, no, most people don't, but I was, I was pretty wild up until probably the time I got married and started having kids. I still have yeah. that wild woman spirit. I, that'll never yeah. ever go away. But it's so important, you know, to, it, not to take this off of a, a tangent, but, you know, that was, that was my experience as well. You know, I had, it was a, it, dealing drugs at a very young age and it was very entrepreneurial. My God, I learned so much about business and influencing people and, and, and leveraging team and it's, it's crazy the stuff you learn on the streets. You know, I do I do uh, ministry work in in prisons now, and uh, I'm amazed at the brains of a lot of the inmates. You know, most of them don't have more than a high school education. Most of them don't even have that, but they're really, really, really smart and they're entrepreneurial in nature because that's how they spent most of their youth growing up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, what are some of the common myths that entrepreneurs believe about sales and persuasion? Uh, well, the biggest ones say there, there are that it's a bad thing. Like if people think sales is synonymous with pushy, is synonymous with slimy, is synonymous with forcing people to do things. It's something that bring, it strikes fear in people. And I just believe this because people don't really understand it because sales is really the most powerful and noble thing you can do. It's the most important thing you can do in any business because without it, you don't have a business. You wouldn't have a marriage if you didn't if you couldn't sell and persuade your spouse to marry you, you're, you couldn't get anybody to do anything. If you didn't have a way to sell people on ideas and concepts and things you believe in. So literally you've been doing it your whole life, every day of your life. My goal is just to help people be able to decode that and do it on purpose instead of freaking out and seeing that it's a bad thing. Exactly. And I know for years when I taught, uh, whenever I was teaching sales, I would always tell people, you've been selling your whole life from the first scream you let out of your mouth. You were selling on someone on fulfilling your immediate needs, whether you were hungry, you needed to be held. You were already learning the sales process Amen. when you were an infant. Amen. Totally. So it's totally cool. And I heard on your podcast that you say it's not what you're saying, but who you're being that matters in the sales process. What does that mean to you? It's words only have the meanings that we give them. You know, um, people take words out of context. People, it, or a different word can mean something to you. You can say one word to somebody. It can mean 10 different things to 10 different people. So it's not the words, it's the intention behind them. It's who you're being as you're saying those words, because people connect to who you are far more than they do to what you're saying. And I think we've all heard the, the saying, the, the old adage, that um, people don't remember what you say, they remember how you made them feel when you said it, right? Um, and that's true. You know, we don't remember everything that comes into your brain and everything that somebody says, but you'll certainly remember, oh man, Annette, yeah, she made me feel good. Or she made me feel very inspired when I was around her. But she might not, you might not be able to tell an exact quote of what Annette said to me, right? Um, so the beingness is 90% of everything. And when we, you know, what, we have 120 people on our sales team and, and we also train sales clients and stuff. And, and one of the first things that I always ask when somebody comes and says, you know, I just, gosh, they, they just couldn't afford it. What should I have said when they said they couldn't afford it? And it's like, well, let's back up a step because I, I don't believe that, I don't believe in I can't afford it. I think everybody can afford anything they want. Um, it's just about choices. But it's who were you being? in the conversation that led them to believe 
that they couldn't afford it, right? Because to me, sales is synonymous with leadership and leadership is defined in my world as being the person that somebody else will follow willingly to make a decision for their own best interest. So in that context, when you're in the sales conversation, if they're not following you willingly to make this decision, there's something wrong with what I was doing and how I was leading you and, and, and moving you to make this decision. So. I love that. And I know when my energy is off and I need to make sales calls uh, or have those sales conversations, I have a success strategy that I put together so that I can shift my energy and get out of whatever mood that I'm in. And that always involves moving my body and having a power song that shifts my energy because it is about who you're being in those conversations and your, your energy goes out before you uh, more so than your words. So big time. I love that. I love that. And then, you know, your own mindset, how you believe in yourself. I think it's really totally. important. Totally. And, and realistically, there's nothing you're going to say that hasn't been said before. I, I, I have yet to find a sales trainer who's teaching something new. You know, you can find any, every single concept, every strategy, everything, every, every objection, overcoming uh, script and technique, but it's about who's the person behind it and what's the energy and the intention behind what you're saying. Exactly. And, and even in the, in the personal development field, I mean, you don't find things that haven't been said before for eons. They're just put in different ways. And it's a person um, who they're being and how that other person is receiving and connecting with them. So I think that's really important. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making in the sales industry? Oh, boy. There's the so many. One. <laughs> top one or two. Yeah. Um, it's a really, you know, it's assuming that, people know what they actually want when they show up to buy something. I think it's a massive mistake. Um, I went to a chiropractor, right? And, and I, I had a knot in my shoulder. Well, he did some diagnosis. I, if I had said, hey, we need to fix my shoulder, he would have gone and fixed my shoulder and it would have just addressed the symptom maybe, but it wouldn't have solved the problem. He did some diagnosis and started probing around and asking questions. And all of a sudden we find out there's something going on in my hip that has contracted that is actually direct relation to something in my arch and my foot. And so he started addressing the foot and the tendons that are all connected that ended up straightening up something in my hip that then loosened up what was in my shoulder. Right. But had he gone off of what I said, we would, I would still be going back there to try to fix my shoulder. Right. So the, the thing is, most of us really don't know what our true problem is. And what's even worse is we're horrible at articulating whatever the problem is. So if you take at face value the problem they tell you they're trying to solve, and then you go about solving that, you've accomplished nothing. You've damaged your own credibility because you've not solved their problem that they think they had. Right. So you need to really be an expert in your space and being able to ask the right questions so that that when people ask me a question, all I do is gig under the hood and say, now that's an interesting question. What makes you ask that? That's almost my first response when people ask a question, because then we'll start digging under the hood and finding out, OK, here's a better question. And let's answer that one. I like that. I like that. And I, it's so true. I mean, we all think we know what's going on or we may think it's a, a mask or, you know, the, the problem is I'm not getting clients in the door, but what is the underlying thing? That's, that's what I hear the most is 
you know, I, I need to get more business in the door. But when you dig in, there's all kinds of other things that are yeah. stopping that process. You know, because like a lot of people will come and say, you know, I'm just having the toughest time converting people. And then you start digging into their messaging and what they're doing. And you don't have a conversion problem. You've got a messaging problem that's pulling the wrong people into your funnel in the first place. So you're having the wrong conversations with the wrong person. Not that you're not converting. Your problem is different, right? But when you start digging into it and, and because you're an expert, you know what questions to ask and where to start uh, investigating. Awesome. I love it. And so does sales unscripted, I hear you talk about sales unscripted. And so does that really mean no scripts? Because you're the only person I've heard teaching that. So what you know, can that really work? Because there's a, a, I've learned a lot about sales scripting, sales scripting, I teach some sales scripting, but then I also know that I don't always follow a script. Right. So what's unscripting? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of a blue ocean there where I've carved out a bit, but I'm most great salespeople that I know. And I, I put myself into that, you know, humbly or not so humbly, I guess maybe, but, um, I very seldom in my whole life have ever followed a script. And when I follow a script, I'm, I'm a very much an energy person. I read the situation. I take it where it goes. And whenever I'm focused on what I'm supposed to say, then I'm not focused on you. And the way the sales conversation should happen is I should be solely focused on you, what you need, where you want to go, what you, why you want what you need, and let's find the hurdles to remove it and taking, and taking and addressing whatever your particular needs are. If I'm following a script, I'm not going to be as in tune to what you need. I'm going to be in tune to what the script says I'm supposed to do next. And then you have a lot of disconnect. And the script can't tell you, it can tell you what to say. It can't tell you how to think. It can't tell you who to be in the conversation, right? And it can't tell you how to trust your gut and trust your instincts, right? It's, it's almost like, you know, the, the technology war that we're in right now, the, the technology is advancing far faster than it ever has in the history of the world. And there's a big debate around drones as attack planes in the military, as an example, regardless of your stance on the military. The drone might be more accurate than a human being, but the drone can't make the decision to save human life. It can only know to, to attack the coordinates, right? right? And whereas the person can go, I just don't feel good about this and I'm not gonna drop that bomb. And they can come back and do it another day. Well, it's kind of the same thing in a script, right? The script doesn't know how to diagnose the situation. The script just knows how to keep you moving forward. So you might pull that trigger when you shouldn't. You know, there's plenty of times you're in a conversation and the opportunity, it just isn't there. The offer shouldn't even be made, but because the script says, go here, we're putting an offer on the table, right? And you talk about misdiagnosing problems. Many times people would come to me and be like, man, this person just couldn't get past, I can't afford it. And after we started unpacking it, like, you know what? It wasn't that they couldn't afford it. It's that this person, you should have never made them the offer. They weren't qualified. You didn't, you didn't get them to a place where they actually needed it. So therefore they should have never seen the offer. So I couldn't afford it. it should have never been on the table. Wow. I, I really like that. Um, I, I teach a lot of scripting just so, because people never know what to say. And so it uh, allows them to get their thought processes down on paper. But I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever just read a script uh, to read a script because I'm like you. I like to do it conversationally. But I think it's, sometimes a script can bring you back to the flow if you get off on a yes. tangent or off track. And, and that's really important. Now, let me clarify this by saying, I nowhere in here am I saying scripts are bad or that they don't work. Uh, they're just not necessary. 
right? Especially, and, and if all of this ties together, because if you are crystal clear in knowing what problems you solve, who you solve them for, and where you find those people and how that works, then you're going to have a much more natural dialogue in your conversation anyway, right? Absolutely. The script is necessary when you're talking to random people, you have a lot more things going on, you're not as clear about who you are and what you serve, you're misdiagnosing problems, right? Uh, and then the other thing that goes really hand in hand with that, the only way you can work in an unscripted environment, and really should be in any environment, is if you have an and a radical commitment to telling the truth, right? And, and but telling the truth is not just telling truth to your prospective client, it's also telling the truth to yourself. It's trusting your instincts. So when you know you should be calling somebody out on something, because they might go, well, it's not really as big a problem as I made it out to be. Say, no, that's, that's not true. And that from what you described to me, you're inches away from going over that cliff and you need to actually, you need to make a decision based on that reality. Don't tell me you can wait till next year because not a you do from what I see as the expert here, you can't afford to wait till next year. More importantly, there's people out there who need your services and they can't wait for you to wait till next year to fix this problem. So what are you going to do about it? Right. And if you're not sold out to telling the truth radically uncensored, regardless of the outcome, you won't talk to people that way. Right. And that stuff's not in the script. That's you trusting your instincts. Yes. And that's very powerful. That's very powerful. Uh, you've got to be able to call people out. So thank you for that. I love it. So what do you think is the most important thing for our leaders in the audience to know about the game of sales? Uh, first and foremost, that it is a lot easier than you think it is. And it's, it's easier than you're making it out to be. And um, that it is a learned skill. And you don't have to master it. Here's the first thing I tell people all the time. When you're in a sales game, if you're having any sort of confidence issues whatsoever, and this happens no matter how great you are. I went through a little stint a couple of months ago, and I make a lot of money and do a lot of sales with very you know, high-level people. I, I don't get intimidated in the environment. But I had a rough month. And then the following month, I started feeling myself being a little bit more anxious in a call than I normally ever would have been. And I could feel myself reacting and responding differently because my confidence wasn't totally, I wasn't on firm ground, right? It can happen at any time. Here's the thing that you have to be able to do, whether it's you're a great salesperson and you're just having a bad stretch, um, or you could have, here's something that happened to me, it happened to you. We had somebody on our team whose mother was in the hospital. Right. She had a, she was a very good salesperson. She'd been with us for three years doing great things. And all of a sudden she was just got really unpredictable. And instead of going, man, her numbers aren't there. We looked at the numbers. Okay. What's missing here. And we dig in, find out her mother had been in the hospital diagnosed with a terminal, you know, stage of cancer directly impacted her energy, her focus, her everything. Right. So what we do is, is our whole approach to that is you have to be honest with yourself, honest enough to know that, A, you're not where you need to be and be honest with the person on the phone. Say, Annette, I just want you to know I'm not at my best on this right now. I am sold out and committed to solving your problem and helping you because that's what I do best. However, I'm, I'm not as, you know, I mean, I mean, come off differently in the sales conversation than I should. Give me some grace. I am telling you, if you are willing to do that, if you're willing to look foolish, willing to look less than perfect, people will become your ally. Or if you're new in sales and you're just not confident at all, say, look, I am the best health coach on the planet. I'm the best nutritionist you will ever work with. Please, I'm, but I'm not the best salesperson on the planet. 
So this conversation might be a little awkward or shaky. Just work with me. Don't hold it against me. I guarantee you 99% of the time that person will say, hey, don't worry about it. You're doing great. And that person will now root for you to win. And then your, your tension drops, your, 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 uh, your stress goes away, and now you can just have a conversation. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, we're all trying, and I, I do this, I find involved in this too, um, trying to be the expert. And that vulnerability is huge in business, being able to, totally. you know, people see what's going on in your life. I'm not as open as I should be sometimes out in the vast social media space. But I, you know, I appreciate it when other people are. So that's, that's something I need to think more about, be more vulnerable. Yeah, and you'd be amazed. I find that more people buy from us or hire our company because they believe in who we are more than what we do. And part of it is that, you know, I'll be on the phone with somebody and say, well, here's what we're going to do in our launch or here's what we're going to do at our event. What do you think? I'm like, you know what? That's one that I, I haven't seen or I would not know if I would recommend that, but I'm willing to try it, but I don't know what the results will be. And they're like, cool. They just appreciate the fact that I'm willing to try it and that I can admit that I don't know instead of going, oh yes, we're the expert and we know that. It's like, well, I don't know. We've done a ton like this, but that's a different twist that I haven't you know, implemented. And people really appreciate the fact that you're just being human here. So don't show up thinking you have to be, you, that to me, that is a definition of badassery, being willing to be that. Yes, yes, I agree. So I need to like get more badass in my sales calls. And be Definitely. Vulnerable for sure. So Jim, you have a special offer for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. And um, I actually, there's two, two things I want to uh, invite you to. One, we have a Facebook group called See You at Seven. And it's, uh, you know, the link is in the next show notes. Um, but See You at Seven, all spelled out with the number seven. And the whole concept here is we just want to help you get on that journey to seven figures or your next seven if you've already been there. And because we've done it and we help people do it. And so we just, we share insights and strategies that most people just don't think about because we do 25,000 sales conversations a year. So we just see things that most people won't ever see. Um, so that please join us and, and we'd love to help you on your journey. Uh, the next is um, where I'm a real, if you haven't noticed, I haven't laid out any sales tactics and strategies, right? I'm talking much more about the beingness, the philosophy, the insights of it. I'm a huge proponent that you can make more sales without getting better at sales. Okay. And one of those ways is that you, if you, if you can get, if whatever your conversion rate is, you might be a 20% conversion or 80%. And if six out of 10 people you book appointments with show up, well, you're missing four opportunities to close. If you get all four, if you got all 10 out of every 10 you book to show up and show up prepared for what they should be talking to you about, you will automatically close more sales without you actually getting better at sales. Right. And we have a strategy. It's a sequence called a show up sequence. It's got our five, five of our best tips that we implement on every single um, campaign that we work on so that when people book appointments, A, it's the right person booking them and it prepares them and seasons them to actually show up and not just show up, but show up ready to make a change. So then you get better at sales without having to be a better salesperson. And so uh, there's that link is in there. Uh, again, I, I don't even I don't even know the address on, but we're, 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 you'll have the link in the show notes, but it's our show up sequence. It's a gift to you. Please check it out. And um, we'd love to see, uh, hear the results and um, uh, what it does for you after you implement it. 
Awesome. And also, where else can they find out more information about your company? Uh, if you go to uh, Gain the Edge, uh, gtenow.com forward slash get strategy, there's, uh, it's a, a lot about how our outsourced sales services work uh, and some great uh, testimonials of some of the people that we've worked with, um, but it give you some, some terrific insight on uh, what, what it would look like to work with a company that may take sales off your plate or at least make sure that you're doing things the right way in terms of running and building a sales team. Well, awesome. Well, Jim, it's been great to have you on the Badass and Business Show. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, go out and make a huge difference in people's lives and do, do business and life on your terms, not the way somebody else says that you should. Go Absolutely. I love it. And Jim's info and links will be in the podcast notes. Remember to invite other badass business owners to listen to the podcast. Be sure to join my Facebook group, Badass Business Builders Mastermind. So Facebook groups are huge for getting tips and little lessons and uh, just seeing what other challenges people are going through and learning from them as well. And then also you can find me at AnnettePiper.com. Thanks again for listening and make it a badass day. Namaste.